I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Hello and welcome to episode 247 of Under the Cull of MS. A little bit of comics, a little bit of health, MS, whatever. See what See what appears today. But yesterday, and I, I skipped quite a few days because I just haven't been feeling great, and I just haven't got to doing any podcasting. But I'm getting behind on a bunch of stuff because I have notes piled up from gaming events and stuff over a week ago, and lots of stuff to get to. So hopefully, over the next few days, I can at least get through some of it. But today I'm going to talk about what I did yesterday for the beginning part here. And that was we went and seen a movie. But to start off first, as I mentioned, if you go to the Crimson Color Comic Club podcast, I did a review on a graphic novel called The Demon Sermon on the Martial Arts. A graphic novel done by a samurai. Uh, it was a very fun and interesting book. And I did a nice review on there that you can check out. But it's just fun seeing uh, the views of life and after death. And all that stuff through the eyes of animals, insects, people, gods, deities, whatever. A lot of different characters, and uh, I mentioned on the Crimson Call about a cat story I really enjoyed in there, and then another one that was really fun was seeing a cicada that came out of his shell, and the cicada's talking to his shell, and they're both reflecting on their life, and where they go from here, and it's just it's a very interesting view on that aspect. If you want to get some alternate views, that's a great book to read. But check out my review of it on Crimson Cull Comic Club podcast this last week. But today, what I want to talk about is Shang-Chi. Uh, I started out my day yesterday by reading the first five issues of Shang-Chi's newest run. Well, actually not the first. It was the whole five issues. It was a nice five-issue run. Basic. To the point. Get to see a a view of Shang-Chi and his four siblings. That I was hoping to see more about. Well, I'll talk about that later. But basically this run was done in 2020. The end of 2020. So into 2021. But you get to see a couple of Shang-Chi siblings find out that uh, Immortal Flame gets ignited with under Shane Chi's uh, symbolism 
and they believe the other siblings believe it's the ghost of their father that lit the torches and put out other torches and some are okay with Shane Chi being the new leader of the group of the their clan I whatever you want to call it but Shane Chi's the master of the hand and that's the candle that lit up so he should be taking over as supreme commander of the of their society I as soon as I started <laughs> going through this of course my brain goes blank and I can't come up with all the names of the different societies and all that stuff but yeah, the first issue is a nice Chadwick Bozeman uh, commemorative uh, cover and books that they did a bunch of different ones out there last year. And we find out that Shang Chi's true sister. Uh, she is the controller of like the big sledgehammer. And of course there's a sister dagger, the one that throws that deals with daggers. You got sister staff, which when I, well, yeah, I, I don't want to get into that yet either. Damn it. But, but yeah, we get to see the five siblings going back and forth. The one, uh, full, Full blood sister is besides well she kind of is on evil terms and is after Shang Chi wants to take him out so she can take the power and they were grew up together uh, spent life together and of course some things happen that both parties didn't know about and attitudes get built up because of that and problems happen and people envy others and have just feel that they weren't, weren't given what they deserved. And that just causes all kind of conflict and stuff. But throughout here, you get to see what they're doing, what's going on. We get to see some, uh, zombie vampire type entities that are sent out to destroy basically be uh, his evil sister's minions their uh, armies of the dead but yeah, it was a very fun and interesting story. I really liked where it went. I liked seeing all the things with different siblings and stuff. And then I got those read and we, me and the wife, uh, pre-ordered seats for to go see Shang-Chi, the movie. It was a lot of fun. A little slow to start. And it, it took a little bit to take off, but overall, it was a very fun and enjoyable movie. I was very happy with the way they did it. 
I was expecting some fang, fin fang foom in there, and I got excited at first because when I seen the Shang-Chi's father fighting against a female entity at one point here, I thought it was uh, one of Shang-Chi's siblings one with the bow staff with a flute on it. And in the comics, she's really fun to uh, read about, but I'd love to see her on uh, video movie form and see what they did with actually all five of these siblings. I'd love to see grouped together and see what they do. But uh, I wasn't thinking about age wise and stuff when I seen it. So, but overall, I don't want to spoil anything in the movie. You should definitely go check it out. But it was well worth it. I'm looking forward to see where they go with the Shang-Chi character. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's... The second half of the movie... Well, the second two-thirds of the movie was very engaging and a lot going on. Of course, it's the first movie and for Shang-Chi, so they had to sit there and get you familiar, familiar, bleh, familiarized with the character and stuff, and that's just... I get it, but I could have skipped ahead a little ways. But it did... That help you understand the character and what was going on, and it was a lot of fun overall. So definitely check out Shang Chi. Uh, I was surprised because this is the second movie, Suicide Squad, and then this that I've been to in over twenty five years, and. I'm really enjoying the theater experience now. Way more comfortable with the recliner layouts and stuff like that. But again, this time I pre-ordered my tickets. And you get to pick your seat and stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, so you pre-order your tickets. You pick your seat. They'll probably have like little name tags or something. Like a little name card. Sitting on those seats or a card that just says reserved or something so people don't take those seats and you walk in the theater and there's nothing on the seats so it's like if you don't get there early enough someone might take your seat and you have to go to a different spot which ain't isn't no big deal but i just you kind of plan to I and mean, we got our seats no problem but i just you kind of plan where you want to be and that could that could disrupt things. So I think they should really put a reserved card on seats that are pre-purchased because you pay the convenience fee and stuff. So you should be guaranteed those seats, but you don't want to be a dick and try and <laughs> kick someone out of your seat. If they're in it, you're just going to pick some different seat, but most people they will be dicks about it. <laughs> I'm sure if they really want their seat, but again, uh, Suicide Squad just grabbed our munchies and walked right in. The guy who rented the theater told us which 
when we were going to be in and then we just went to it and waited and then went in and nobody ever checked or asked about tickets and then when we were there yesterday again got our munchies and went on through and no one ever checked for a ticket so i don't and you don't have to go through the munchie line to get into the theater you can go right past the bathroom doors and go right into the theater and Go sit down and never have to worry about <laughs> paying for a ticket if you wanted to, I'm guessing. But uh, that's not something I'm going to do, but I just that just really surprised me. I just, it's like I said, over 25 years since I've been at a theater. And back then we had ticket takers that you walked up to and they ripped your ticket in half. And then you went in. But, but yeah, then after the movie, you came home and. I read the first three issues of Shang-Chi Versus. Uh, first issue is Versus the Marvel Universe. And in this one, you get to see Spidey and a lot of characters. We, we enjoy dealing with that entity that has some type of mystical items that he came across and Spidey and Chang chi worked together throughout basically this whole comic which is fun seeing those two characters together not a huge comedic present like presence like you do with uh get with Spidey and Daredevil or Spidey and Wolverine and stuff but it's still enjoyable uh apparently Shang chi was was Peter's uh, Kung Fu master at one time or some type of martial arts master for him at one time. And I, Shang-Chi, prior to all the happenings, did do some work with uh, the Avengers and stuff, some other characters. But I uh, didn't read those storylines, so I don't know exactly where they went. Then the second issue goes into uh, Captain America, and we get to see Sister Ham or Sister uh, Dagger and Brother Hammer uh, working together. Let's see. There's a little synopsis in this one. Previously, uh, let's start with Shang Chi from the top. From the day he was born, his evil father trained him to be a living weapon. His mind, body, and spirit honed to a razor's edge. He now uses his abilities to strike down injustice and atone for his family's misdeeds. He is Shang-Chi. Previously, previously on Shang-Chi... Shang-Chi and his siblings have taken control of their father's cult-like organization, the Five Weapons Society. But changing the society's evil ways won't be easy. One of Shang-Chi's first tasks was to shut down a society-operated drug ring in New York City. But even with the help of Spider-Man, it wasn't easy balancing his loyalties between the superhero community and his familial obligations. 
and it's about to get even harder. And it says Shang-Chi vs. Marvel Universe Part 2, but the cover says Shang-Chi vs. Captain America. Then the storyline just has Shang-Chi and Captain America dealing with some a lot of baddies at an auction. And Shang-Chi makes a present because he's uh, the new leader of the <laughs> of his father's society. So he's the supreme commander of that. And we get to find out what's going on with the auction and what he's looking to buy in that one. And then the third one. This one I screwed up on and accidentally read this as number three of the first five. And I, I'm like, okay, there's characters the same in here and stuff. We're getting to see uh, the Brother Hammer and the Sister Dagger in here and stuff. So I'm like thinking, okay, maybe they're just doing a sidestep in the storyline when I was reading it. But it actually kind of worked together. With the two, but then I found out when I read these three that I accidentally read the verse Wolverine one instead of reading the uh, uh, one that belonged being part of the first five runs. But in this one, you get to see uh, the flute playing Lady of the Lake controlling. Uh, a water dragon type character and we go into a deeper storyline from this and I don't really want to ruin that either I mean, they do find some artifacts that end up possibly in the right or wrong hands and we find out some stuff about mutants in this one. And, of course, we have one of the greatest mutants ever, Wolverine, involved in this story crossover. But definitely worth checking out. Uh, the first five-issue run, Blast. I know I want to go to a bla get a blast from the past and go back to the early days Shang-Chi storylines. I have some from, I don't know, probably the 80s. I guess in late 70s through the mid-80s. I have a few issues that I want to check out and stuff. Uh, I might have some 90s stuff. I'm not sure how far they went into Shang-Chi in the 90s when they started redoing everything again. And now they're basically doing that again. So we're getting these stories, which a lot of them have been fun and very enjoyable, but I'm having problems going back to the old comics. It's like I keep grabbing a few and I don't know. They just don't read as well as today's comics seem to read faster and smoother, but it's almost like they put them together too quick and there's lots of errors in, involved with them. Uh, I find writing errors and drawing errors a lot lately in a lot of comics that I read. And so I'm just thinking that they're just getting pushed out a little too fast. Because they are getting 
And they've always had tons of side issues, tons of long runs and stuff. But it just seems like lately it's, like I've been saying, I want to get in that Star Wars Bounty Hunter run. It's like, come on, end the thing already, damn it. It's like, I was hoping just that one initial run and maybe a couple side stories, but listening to uh, Katie and our Crimson Cowl Comic Club podcast, our Jedi ambassador, she uh, keeps coming up with more and more of them for that Bounty Hunter run, different crossovers and all that. So I decided I'm just going to wait for some big omnibus or big trade paperback run to come out, and I'll just get it that way so I can get everything in order instead of dealing with a couple hundred different comics and trying to figure out which ones I should read and when. It's just nicer to get that trade paperback form and just have it all laid out for you so it's nice and easy. Or when they put certain storylines together and stuff. A lot of these just get so out of hand with how many side things they have. And as soon as we get through with a big event, all of a sudden there's another big event. And then, of course, when Marvel has a big event going on, DC DC brings out their big event. And then you start getting big events from Dynamite and all those different uh, independent comics and... It's just, they're going crazy. One event a year, fine. Should be like one big event every two years, and then just stick with your regular runs, so that way you can have a nice surprising event happen. And then maybe we'd sell more comics, and would limit more of, what's out there to do stuff with and turn into movies and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I ain't complaining. I'm loving the stuff that's coming out. I mean, it's, this is still, I say the best, best decade for comics ever. In my opinion, I just, cause they're so, so enjoyable and easy to read right now that you don't get burnt out from them. You want more. You're constantly begging for more. And that's that's a good thing. But then, they're also burning us out by all these extra... It's that like I haven't really jumped into the AWA Upshot comics yet, but it's like every one of the storylines apparently cross over with the other ones, and it's like, well, shit, I, there was only a few I wanted to read, and now you're telling me if I want the whole story, I'm going to have to read the ones I didn't want to read. That's that's one that I'm kind of glad my pre-orders got canceled on the few runs I was going to do, because that one's definitely going to be a trade paperback for them also. I'm sure they'll do some type of huge omnibus with all the different runs or something like that and put them together but but yeah Shang Chi was a lot of fun and then we ended the night by watching well we still have four episodes left sadly it's the show ended but Kim's Convenience I can't remember I want to say it's on Netflix, but it might be on Amazon. But Kim's Convenience, it's a Korean family running a convenience store. 
and their friends and family around them. And there's lots of comedic stuff going on and it's a fun show. I really enjoyed it, but sadly it, it just put out its final season, I guess. And we have four issues left. No, we'll be done with it. I've been milking that one out because I didn't want it to end. Want it to end. But if you like Shang Chi, he plays the brother in the family household in this in Kim's convenience, and it's fun seeing him. He's different from the more serious Shang Chi martial artist to this goofier character. It's a fun, fun look at him. Uh, but yeah, that was a perfect way to end the. Basically a whole Shang-Chi day, which I didn't plan. I ordered the tickets for the movie, but then I'm like, oh shit, I was going to read those first five comics. I forgot about it, and the wife wanted to do some shopping before we went to the movie. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take you around. I'll go in for a second, then I'll come and sit out in the vehicle and wait for you and get caught up on my comics. And I just sat there and read those until it was time to go to the movie and read more after. And this is the awesome little fun Shang-Chi day that wasn't even planned to be like that. (laughs) But, yeah, it's... So check that out. Shang-Chi comics, Shang-Chi movie, and the Kim's Convenience uh, series on... I think it was Netflix, but it could have been Amazon. But check that out. And we will get back to you uh, with a little health stuff coming up. I don't think it's going to be too MSE. It's going to be more health-wise. But yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, fans of the show or non-fans, you can support the podcast by leaving five stars and liking it. Or leaving five stars and not liking it and tell us why and we will let people know and we'll try and make it better for you you can also click on support on my anchor page and donate and support the podcast or if you'd like to actually get something for a donation you can send a donation to paypal at kevin the duckpool at gmail.com and you can see that in many of the show notes the address uh, for fans inside the U.S. only, a $15 donation will get you a Gemini comic box with five random comics in it. A $30 donation gets a priority mail padded flat rate envelope, 12 random comics in it. And a $100 donation gets you a priority mail medium flat rate box with 40 random comics in it. Comics will be in fair to very good condition. They may have been used on the podcast. May have been unread. May have been read. Just random comics out of my mixed boxes that I will be getting rid of to downsize. And for our international listeners, since shipping's so rough and customs are a pain, I am going to offer two options start we'll see how it goes but a $50 donation gets you a priority mail padded flat rate envelope with 12 random comics in it 
And a $125 donation gets a priority mail medium flat rate box with 40 random comics in it. So there's a comic deal. If you want to donate, help out the show. This will get me a little something and get you a little something also. Thanks. The green reed, which bends in the wind, is stronger than the mighty oak, which breaks in a storm. I just figured I'd throw another little quote into there. A little Aikido quote. Uh, all right. So, where are we at? Felt like major shit this weekend, so I didn't get to any other podcasts. I think the last one I did was Thursday or Friday. Uh, and then, of course, Saturday, Crimson Call Comic Club, but I was behind and only got one thing read. So it was, pretty, it was a quicker show than normal. I started up year one, month two, week one of my Maven Cloud yesterday. Uh, the first round I did around 11, 11 30 when I was taking my pills. But yesterday I wanted to milk it to just before we went into the movie. So if it hit me bad, I'd at least be in a seat already and I could just try and figure out how to ride it out or whatever. I took the back corner seats, of course, so I didn't have to deal with any other people. And I'm still burping up the rotten eggs. I don't know what's going on. I sent my PCP a message about that stuff and the nausea and everything else that I've been dealing with, constipation. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm starting this health segment out with nasty shit, of course. Uh, But, yeah, I took my first pill of my second month. There are two pills. I got to do two pills a day for five days. And today, I'll be taking my, I'll be taking them at noon all week now, is what I got myself set up for because I got I can't take no other medications three hours before three hours after so I planned it around that period and this is the final week of pills I gotta take for this year and then I won't have to take any pills for a year well 10 months and then I'll be starting up again or no 11 months some one month out so yeah so 11 months from this week i'll be starting my second year of one week of pills for two months and then no pills ever again and apparently you can only run this this through your system one time so after the two years you won't be able to add on to it or anything like that. Some people are rare circumstances that they did allow to go a third or a fourth year that I've heard about. But normally, from what it seems, one to two years is all they'll run you on. I mean, basically, first year you're wiping out all your TMB cells or a bunch of them and hoping that the new ones that grow back don't attack your system. And then the second year, if you do have ones that aren't attacking your system, they're doing good. You're still doing a big wipeout mega dump. 
with TMB cells the second year, so you're going to be wiping out some good ones along with hopefully some bad ones. Or maybe all the bad ones will stay and you swipe out the good ones. We'll see. And then who knows? Then you got bad ones that come in. Knowing my luck. But we'll see what happens. So far, so far not good. It's I've been feeling worse the past month than I felt in the past year. But I'd say pain, pain, gate. Or worse, fatigue, I think, is about the same. I have my moments. Uh, constipation is annoying as hell. It's been a month now of being constipated for about three days at a crack. Uh, <laughs> at crack. Crack and constipation. Get it? <laughs> uh, my brain's all over the place today. But yeah, with that, the nausea, the pukiness, it's like this morning, it wasn't even my maven clad pills yet. And 20 minutes after I took my first group of pills that I can't take anything else or drink any water or food or anything for a half hour, all of a sudden, about 20 minutes after I took that, I was getting the runny mouth, the watery mouth, and getting ready to run to the toilet. And it's just, yeah, it's, I don't know how to, how to fix it. It's, like, it's all I care about. I don't care. If you want me on this meds to finish these meds off, fine, I'll stick with them, but at least give me something to deal with the constipation, nausea, the upset stomach, the just constant blah, grossness feeling. Uh, but it seems like nobody really cares about that. They, <laughs> my nurse from my maven clad took all the notes and she's like, I'll pass it on to the pharmacist and the doctor and it's like no one responds to it or anything so it's like basically just give you nausea medications and shit like that to deal with it those that the dissolving one wasn't doing nothing nothing and the taste of it just made me want to throw up my wife brought and that was a four milligram my wife brought me i believe a 25 milligram uh pill I can just take so I take that right away in the morning as soon as I can take pills I gotta wait till a half hour after I take the one pill it makes me nauseous as hell right off the bat too so I can't take anything before that or until a half hour after it so by then you're already at that pukey level so it's It's basically in my system for so hopefully four hours later when I take my Maven clad, that doesn't amp up the nauseousness. But yeah, that's where we're sitting now. So this is day two. I haven't taken my pills yet. I'll be taking them this afternoon, all around noon. And then I got a stupid 3.30 appointment to go get my teeth, which I thought was in November, but I had to go in. I believe it was Friday to get my cast casting of my jaw done and gums and my bite line and all that shit. And now today I go and supposedly pick up the same freaking dentures I had since April that they added goop to. And now they're adding more shit to them. 
and then I'm going to get them. And these are going to be my 2000 fucking dollar dentures. I get to keep. And I wrote him a letter. I went in and all that shit to talk to him about it. And they're like, well, some, the assistant, when I was there last time, he's like, don't you want to go with Visalines or whatever they're called? Because they're thinner, they're sleeker, they're more secure. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to, but I, I'm still waiting on pricing and stuff from everything else. So he put me in for them. And when I got there last week, they were like, okay, if you're going to go with the Visalines, that's fine. We'll do a, we'll make a set. A temporary set you'll get now, and then you'll get brand new ones in six months. I'm like, okay, what's what's the difference in cost? Because I already paid two thousand dollars, and they still owed me a hundred some dollars, which I still haven't seen. And she's like, okay, over what you paid, it's going to be another seven hundred some dollars. And it's like, what? This is just for lower freaking dentures. But you go on the website, when I went on the website, like, I don't know, a year ago, and looked up pricing, the cheapest dentures were like 600 bucks I was going to get them for. And I go in to get them with a 30% off deal going on, and it's costing me two grand. And that's just insane. And then I go past this new dent, dental place that's going in uh, in the same town, a couple rows roads over and they got a big sign out front get uh permanent dentures for 1700 bucks it's like oh shit Should i just tell these idiots to give me my money back because i think i'm gonna probably not wear these freaking teeth anyways i'm just gonna go toothless the rest of my life or until i can get permanents because i just have absolutely no purpose for shit that's popping and sliding around in my mouth when I put that goop on it, it doesn't stick or hold or do anything other than leak out. And the first time you go to bite some food, it's like all of a sudden you got that denture adhesive mixing in with your food. And just, uh, it sucks. <laughs> and it's the 21st fucking century and they still can't get their shit together. It's like, come on, people. You should have stronger materials, thinner materials, better of better gripping materials. I just don't understand why they haven't come up with some better layout for dentures. It's like, it's the same things and I can take my dentures out, set them side by side with an old, old guy that had dentures made 40 years ago. And they look feel and act the same as they did then. So it's like, put some little ripplage in there, some little grippers, some things to help hold the dentures to the gums. But instead, let's just give them a nice slick surface and stick it in their mouth and hope it stays. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I sneezed that one time and my teeth flew out of my mouth. But I went to spit out my car window the other day. And when I spit, my dentures flew, came halfway out. Thankfully, they didn't go all the way out. Otherwise, the cars down behind me would have probably drove over the top of them. And, but, but, yeah, so watch what you're doing. Compare pricing. Uh, look into things. And definitely save your teeth if you can. It only takes a few minutes to 
floss and brush and check over your gums and make sure everything's okay. It's good for you. Just keep it up. Do what you can. Protect those damn things. And don't be stupid and become a bouncer or something like that. <laughs> Have your teeth beaten by bar stools, baseball bats, pool cues, all that crap. <laughs> if you steel toe boots to the face. But that's basically the update on what the hell's going on with that shit. I'll let you know how the rest of the week goes. I have a feeling I'm going to be spending some time curled up in bed in the next few days. But we will see. Other than that, still want to try and be healthier. Still want to play with different foods and get a better anti-inflammatory style diet and all that. But let's look at some tips that science tells us that will help us lose belly fat. Uh, They say eat plenty of soluble fiber. Soluble fiber may help you to lose weight by increasing fullness and reducing calorie absorption. Try to include plenty of high fiber foods in your weight loss diet. Things like flax seeds, shirataki noodles, Brussels sprouts, avocados, legumes, blackberries. But you also got to watch because like with my constipation and my gut feeling like there's rocks in it right now. And Go back to the episodes where I talk about probiotics and prebiotics. Make sure you're kind of balancing those things out. And it's it's like the martial arts, is the samurais, and all them say it's like you got to have that equal chi going throughout your body. You're gonna have the yin and the yang, the good and the bad. Everything gets, has to work together to work things out. You gotta gotta have the good along with the bad and it'll help your stomach regulate itself better. And it's you don't wanna just focus on one thing and not other things. And all of a sudden you got a bunch of fiber building up in your system and you can't poop and it's gonna really hurt to poop by the time you can. And you gotta get some things that'll break down that fiber and apple cider vinegars, uh, oil, oils, trans fats, and stuff like that. It can help loosen up that fiber and stuff too. But some studies have linked a high intake of trans fat to increase belly fat gain, regardless of whether you're trying to lose weight, limiting your intake of trans fat is a good idea. Uh, Excessive alcohol intake has been associated with increased belly fat. If you need to reduce your waistline, consider drinking alcohol in moderation and abstaining or abstaining completely. Uh, A couple days a week or whatever, moderate drinking. It's more of an enjoyable moment than drinking continuously every day. Just 
breaking your body down, putting all that pressure on your liver, your kidneys, all that stuff. High-protein foods such as fish, lean meats, beans are ideal if you're trying to shed some extra pounds around your waist. Uh, Meat, fish, eggs, dairy, whey protein, beans, eh, all good for that. Stress may promote fat gain around your waist, so minimize the stress in your environment around you. Uh, Should be a priority if you're trying to lose weight to not have a bunch of negativity around you. It's just going to burn you out faster and you're just going to end up going back to the old ways and end up, I mean, most of the time when you fall off a diet, you end up gaining more back than you were at in the first place which sucks so that's not good either that's why it's best to just make it a lifestyle make it enjoyable make it a doable thing that you can handle Uh, excessive sugar intake is a major cause of weight gain in many people limit your intake of candy and processed foods that are high in added sugar excuse me i gotta take a drink Grab your water, take a swig. It's good for you. It's a big plus if you're trying to get stay healthy. But yeah, like like they say, shop the outside aisles. Go right past the deli into the vegetables. Work your way through the meats, dairy. Up and out of the freezer section. I suggest getting as many frozen fruits and vegetables as possible because they're going to have more more beneficial nutrients in them than something that's been sitting out on a rack just decaying. So take that into consideration. Dehydrated stuff is good too as long as they aren't topping them off with sugars and stuff like that. So definitely pay attention to where you're shopping, what you're shopping, read your labels, the canned and processed, can and bag stuff, all the processed stuff. Is, there's very few that are good for you, so definitely watch them. And even if you got excellent ingredients, you might have tons of sodium or something like that in the added in to preserve the stuff. Aerobic exercise is an effective weight loss method. method. Studies suggest it's particularly effective at slimming your waistline. Uh, and it's good for your cardio and everything. A high intake of refined carbs is associated with excessive belly fat. So, so consider reducing your carb intake or replacing refined carbs in your diet with healthy carb sources, such as whole grains, legumes, or vegetables. There's a lot of stuff that you can make that would have less healthier choices that you can turn into the same very close taste, uh, the same type of item by using a vegetable source or something like that for it. Uh, there's great things out there pre-made now that have cauliflower crust, sweet potato crust, uh, or rice is 
zucchini noodles and all that. And there's just so many. We tried a vegetable pasta. I believe I talked about it on the podcast not long ago. I'm not, I can't remember if it was Brilla or Cremat or who, who had it, but it was a vegetable pasta and it cooked beautifully. And it came out just as nice as a spaghetti noodle. Tasted fine. And it's way healthier. And so you're not dealing with those white flowers and sugars and all that crap with it. So take that into consideration. It's not like they had a couple of years ago when I tried to cook it and it just basically dissolved in my <laughs> boiling water in the tub. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm supposed to eat this. This is spaghetti. And you can stand the squash. That spaghetti squash is so simple 350 in the oven, oil, salt pepper, whatever you want on it, just cut it in half, throw a little of your favorite olive oil or whatever you want to use on it, and then whatever seasonings, toss it in the oven, 350 for 45 minutes to an hour, and just check on it for softness with a fork, and when it's done, you can just scoop it out with a fork, and it just comes apart like tiny spaghetti noodles, and it's awesome that way, but you gotta be used to the taste, and but they have a lot of great recipes to turn it into like a buffalo chicken style spaghetti and different things like that. And I liked it when I had it, but I couldn't eat big quantities of it. And it's like very minor. After so many bites, it starts to get to me again. It is a squash, but it is better than some other things I've tried. A uh, study suggests that using coconut oil instead of other cooking oils may help reduce abdominal fat. Uh, strength training can be an important weight loss strategy. It may help reduce belly fat. Suggest Studies suggest it's even more effective in combination with aerobic exercise, which I can see that being better. Uh, strength training is fine and stuff, but if you don't keep up with it, it's like I was 100 and around 180, 100, 180 to 190 pounds uh, when I ran Mayflower moving and working six to seven days, shit, eight to 18 hour days. And I was working out constantly and lifting stuff constantly. So I was decently built doing great and then I woke up paralyzed from the neck down one day which I'm guessing was MS because they never figured it out back then uh, what it was and we went through tons of therapy and tons of other shit but once I, you stop doing that continued weightlifting and that continued work on your body <laughs> fat breaks down way faster than muscle disappears and next thing you know you're 250 300 400 just on and on it's just your body just breaks down so fast so and you can't keep up doing those things it can hurt you uh avoiding all liquid forms of sugar such as sugar sweetened beverages such as soda punch sweet teas Alcoholic, alcoholic mixers contain sugar, and a lot of alcohols are, most alcohols are bad sugars. Uh, it's very important 
if you're trying to shed some extra pounds to avoid those things, I've mentioned it before too, which, uh, when I was shit close to 600 pounds, I <laughs> completely wiped out sugary drinks like sodas and fruit juices and all that crap from my lifestyle. And that's one thing I changed and kept with, <laughs> Uh, over the years and I dropped a hundred pounds and not long, not that long of a period. And it's, that's stayed gone. So then I, now I just got work on everything else, <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's a good fix. If you can eliminate it from your life and I don't miss it at all. But when I was drinking all the shit, yeah, I could drink a six pack or whatever. No problem a day and bartending just constantly have that mug of Sprecher root beer and that frosted mug that tasted so good. It's like, yeah, that's that. And then you're eating deep fried foods for your work lunch or work meal work dinner. <laughs> uh, sleep deprivation is linked to an increased risk of weight gain. Getting enough high quality sleep should be one of the main priorities. If you plan to lose weight and improve your health, uh, track your food intakes. Oh, with the sleep thing too, the CPAP. I'm still dealing with issues with it. Still can't stand the damn thing, but I don't know. I'm not seeing much results considering it's been a year, I think. We're pretty close, so... But I, like I said, I still didn't think I had sleep apnea. I just couldn't stand the equipment and did not sleep good that first night. So, as a general weight loss, as ge- a general weight loss advice, it's always a good idea to keep track of what you're eating, keeping a food diary, or using an online food tracker are the easiest ways to do it. But it's definitely good to keep track, and then you can put what little issues you had the next day or so. And I base it off like a three day period of when I try something because things can take a little bit to affect you, but it's good to keep an idea tracking a record of what doesn't affect your body and what does. And that way you can design meals around the things that actually work for you and hopefully make yourself a half a dozen things that you really enjoy with the items that are really good for your body and work good for your body. And then, yeah, you can have your cheat moments and all that shit, but at least you got something focusing on the good parts of it. that are actually not harming you in ways that other things have and will, but eating fatty fish or taking omega three supplements may improve your overall health. Some evidence also suggests it may reduce belly fat in people with fatty liver disease, which most people that have that are obese will have or get fatty liver disease. Uh, and you can end up with uh, cirrhosis of the liver and stuff like that because of it. Things like salmon, herring, sardines, mackerel, anchovies are probably your best fish uh, choices. When it comes to fat gain, fruit juice can be just as bad as sugary soda. Consider avoiding all sources of liquid sugar to increase your chance of successfully losing weight. 
And it's sometimes the sugary drinks, the smoothies, all them can have even more sugar than soda and stuff like that. Apple cider vinegar may help you to lose some weight. Animal studies suggest it may help to reduce belly fat. It's one thing I'm really looking forward to getting some type of denture and see if I can't at least have my damn salad again so I can have my apple cider vinegar salad dressing mix that I make with the 50-50 ACVU and the EVOO extra virgin olive oil. Although I'm really liking some of these sunflower oils and avocado oils too and stuff. Gives it a little bit of different taste, nutty taste to it and stuff. Taking probiotic supplements may help promote a healthy digestive system. Studies also suggest that beneficial gut bacteria may help promote weight loss. Like right now with my medication, I'm staying off from the probiotic pills and supplements and stuff like that. I'm just doing a bowl of sauerkraut every couple of days just to try and help with the constipation, but not having too much luck with with it. Intermittent fasting is an eating pattern that alternates between periods of eating and fasting. Studies suggest that it may be one of the most effective ways to lose weight and belly fat. I really want to get back to my intermittent fasting. I hate fucking eating breakfast. I just can't stand it. I hate being sick to the point where I'm just, my stomach's just rotting away and arguing with me, but let's end this here and I'll get back with more of this in just a second after I deal with this wonderful telemarketing. Okay, let's get through some more of this stuff that they're giving us suggestions for to help us lose some weight, lose some belly fat. Regularly Regularly drinking green tea has been linked to weight loss, though it's probably not as effective on its own and best combined with exercise, of course. uh, I'm trying for my stomach issues. They say uh, green tea and ginger and uh, lemon and stuff like that is good for it. So I've been having a few cups of green tea but I got this one that's like a peach green tea and it's got ginger in it and some other things I can't remember right now but yeah trying that out see if that helped at all yeah haven't really felt or seen anything from it yet but say it's good for you so I keep trying it but see what happens Uh, Losing weight and keeping it off is difficult unless you permanently change your dietary habits and lifestyles. Definitely make it a change. There's no magic solutions to losing fat. Weight loss always requires some effort, commitment, and perseverance on your behalf. Successfully adopting some or all of the strategies and lifestyle goals that we talked about here uh, can definitely help you lose the extra pounds around your waist or some of them at least. So take those into consideration. And my wife's a purple, purple people eater, purpley, purple addict, which a lot of people like purpley things, but some healthy purple foods that you can get are blackberries 
uh, forbidden rice, which is black rice, which is Oryza sativa, L. indica, often refer referred to as forbidden rice. It's a unique rice variety that takes on a deep purple color when cooked. It's like sativa indica. It's a it's almost like it's weed rice. But it's a great substitution for white or brown rice and can be used in a number of recipes like soups, stir fries, and stuff like that. Uh, purple sweet potatoes. I have not seen these. Uh, I'm curious if they have a better taste than the orange ones because I still cannot find a way to eat sweet potatoes <laughs> and some of the fry pre-made fries and stuff aren't terrible but yeah Ugh. eggplant is good for you uh, and it's purple skin but the inside's like white kind of white and veiny uh, purple cauliflower which I love to get when I can I mean all these things don't really have a different flavor to them. The ones that I've tried, it's just fun seeing the purple stuff on the plate. You have purple carrots. You can get a variety of colors of carrots and throw them in there. The red boar kale. Uh, it's, you can get a red boar kale extract, which contains 47 powerful plant com compounds in it. So that might be a more nutritional way to get your kale. But again, that's a hard thing to cook and make work for people that are, have picky, picky taste buds. This thing, I don't know, I have, I don't think I've ever really tried passion fruit yet. Because it just looks like a big old snot ball inside it when you open it up. And it's like, oh, it's just disgusting looking. But it's good for you. It contains polyphenol antioxidant called pisotanol, which has been shown to have several Remarkable health-promoting properties that may especially be beneficial for skin health. So it probably would be good for for me with my skin issues and stuff. But, uh, just so nasty looking. Purple mangosteen, which mangosteens have a tough, deep purple outer rind that must be removed to enjoy the tangy, slightly sweet fruit found inside it. Uh, purple asparagus, which I actually tried that not long ago. Tried some, I think we tried the white and the purple asparagus, but we didn't. I don't recall noticing anything different from the taste or anything like that, but uh, it is powerful, heart protective, and anti cancer properties. So, acai berries. Those have been com becoming more and more popular in the past probably 10 years. 
Purple Star Apple. I've never seen these before. They look cool. I really want to try it. It comes from a tree that produces round fruits that turn purple when ripe. The fruits have sweet flesh that secretes a milky juice and has a radiating star pattern when cut. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. I'd kind of be freaked out by the juicy part of it. Kind of curious. If it gives you a creamy, fruity texture or taste or how it works. But it's good for ailments like coughs, pains, and diabetes. Purple cabbage. And that's very common. Elderberries, you can find these things all in the wild out in Wisconsin here by us. There's lots of elderberry plants I see, I come across when out in the woods. Uh, red dragon fruit. It's got a reddish purple flesh dotted with tiny black edible seeds. It has a texture of a kiwi and taste Taste is often described as mildly sweet. It's low in calories, yet packs is packed with fiber, vitamin C, and magnesium, which is all good for us. Purple barley is a grain that comes in a variety of colors, including black, blue, yellow, and purple. Basically, purple pigmented foods Offer a host of healthy benefits and add color to your diet. It's always nice to have a very colorful plate of vegetables and stuff when you're eating. It's pleasant to the eye, and it's usually a good sign of you're eating some healthier foods. Incorporating purple foods like blackberries, red boar kale, kai berries, forbidden rice, purple carrots, elderberries, all the stuff we are talking about, uh, can ensure you are consuming a powerful dose of anthocyanin, antioxidants, and a variety of important nutrients. Try adding a few of the things we talked about to your next meal or snack to take advantage of their health-promoting properties, see if they benefit you in any way, shape, or form. And then we want to keep the anti-inflammatory foods in our diet. So take into consideration things like kale, pineapple, wild salmon, which I don't know. I think the farm-raised stuff is pretty damn good nowadays. Uh, We got a lot of great local uh, fish farms and stuff like that around nowadays. Mushrooms, there are so many different good, fun ones to play around with in your different recipes. Uh, some ones that are great to mix into different recipes are like shiitake, morel, chanterelle, and porcini mushrooms. And early spring is a good time to get the morel mushrooms we'll find them around wisconsin in the right spots and once you find them kind of keep with them and look at where they at mark it down write it down even if you find like two or three morel mushrooms or other mushrooms you're looking for 
But a morel mushroom has the little ridges all over it and comes in a cone shape. And when you pick them, you should pick them in a, like an open, keep them in an open netted, like a netting type material. So that way when you're walking around with your mushrooms, the little spores will fall out of the little ridges. And instead of just falling into the bag, they'll fall back to the earth. And hopefully in the next years to come, you'll get some more and more morels in those areas. And if you find morels, another key thing is uh, look at where they're at. Look at the way the wind, main wind direction is flowing. Usually the winds come from the east most of the time. And sit there, and, or I mean come from the west and blowing towards the east. Uh, sit there and look at that direction, get a pattern off it. And if you're keeping track and writing stuff down, just mark it down and mark the direction of which way the wind would normally blow. And for years to come, that's where you want to walk to hopefully find more morels down the line. Because as the spores flow with the wind, they'll just fall into the ground and you'll get more in those those patterns, those directions. So it's a good thing to keep track of. Sometimes you'll go a couple of years without any being there and all of a sudden you'll have a bunch. So don't give up on them either. Or someone might have beat you to the punch and snuck into your area. It's a tricky thing. No one likes to give up their claims or where they find stuff. This is the same back in Montana with the huckleberries and stuff. It's just, they're so yummy. No one wants to give up their... <laughs> areas where they find the things broccoli's good for anti-inflammatory dulse d-u-l-s-e which is a type of seaweed which i don't remember ever seeing it at least pronounced like that in a store i've seen seaweed sheets and stuff but i want to try it someday i just don't know what to do with seaweed other than do like wraps uh, blueberries, sauerkraut, which I've been said I've been taking more of. Bone broth, which I'd like to start drinking a couple bone broth at least every couple days. Uh, I got a good recipe for my own bone broth to make a big batch of. I want to try that out one of these days as soon as I feel good enough to sit and Spend a few hours in the kitchen playing with some stuff and canning stuff up again. Spices and herbs like turmeric, ginger, and garlic are wonderful anti-inflammatories. Uh, I believe cinnamon you should be able to throw on there. And there's a variety of different ones I've been talking about. But take those into consideration to help you with anti-inflammatory effects and stuff like that. Other than that, let's end it here. Let's see. Let's end it with a little bit of fun facts. Let's go back to the 1955 again. See what this special year had to offer. I love looking at this book I got has all the bunch of different advertisements from 1955 and it's just 
fun seeing them. How they dressed back then, the hairdos, what they were promoting, how they promoted stuff, like tire ads, or they'd have cowboy shootouts. It's just different types of scuba diving things and the old turntables, (laughs) the RCA records and stuff. Times change, lots of stuff change, but the means of the items stick around, like music and just comes on different forms, movies, and the visuals, the stuff keeps just enhancing and changing. But the basic concepts still stay the same. 1955 prices, the average income was $4,137. Actually not bad for considering way back then, but cost of living income bump hasn't changed (laughs) as much as it should have from that point to the 21st century, 2021. A new car was around $1,910. A new house was around $10,950. Not bad, but back in those times, and basically half your yearly income to buy a car, three times your income to buy a house, and that's not bad price-wise, but yeah, a loaf of bread was 18 cents. A gallon of gas was 23 cents. And a gallon of milk was 92 cents. It's just crazy how milk hasn't changed too much from that. But gas and bread, definitely a big increase on those two. Gold per ounce, $35. What is it now? Like, Not sure how much gold is. I wanted to say a hundred and some, like a hundred and thirty dollars an ounce, but I think it's way higher than that right now. <laughs> like my comp, my computations are way off. Silver per ounce was ninety cents. Dow Jones average was three hundred eighty-eight point two zero to four hundred eighty-eight point four zero. So the stocks back then were way higher. Oh, these telemarketers are not going to stop today, are they? Hello, Mr. Telemarketer. You're on WKRB. What, what are you selling to ruin someone's life with today? Hello. Uh, you hang up again. Jeez, you're no fun. And never want to talk to me. Unless I don't say nothing, then they'll sit there and shove their scam down my face. See, 1955, the president was Dwight D. Eisenhower. Well, Dwight Eisenhower, but D was his middle initial. Vice president was old Tricky Dick, Richard Nixon. Inventions. Ooh, Legos. Lego blocks were invented in 1955. Great, awesome. One of the best toys ever. 
still going strong. Things they can make with them now are just amazing. Uh, unbreakable eyeglasses was invented back then. Miss America was Lee Merriweather. That name sounds familiar. So, uh, she might have got into TV beyond that. She was from San Francisco, California. Life expectancy was 69.6 years. And Christ, now we're almost double that. Minimum wage was 75 cents. 75 cents an hour. Big money. Big money. Sunshine Company sold Hydrox cookies. <laughs> Never heard of those. Basically, chocolate cookies that were cream filled, but kind of scary when they call it Hydrox. Uh, some. Oh, yeah. Let's catch these two. This is actually interesting. Some births in 1955, May 24th, the day after mine and the day before my wife's birthday, but not 1955. We're not that old. But May 24th, 1955, we had Roseanne Cash was born. She's an entertainer. I don't know if she would have been in relation to Johnny Cash, probably. August 31st, 1955, Edwin, Edwin Moses, a track athlete, was born. March 19th, 1955, Bruce Willis was born. Uh, that's good to know. I didn't realize he was 15 years older than me. That makes me feel a little better. May 25th. 1955, Connie Salaka, who's an entertainer, was born. I don't know who that is. Uh, January 21st, 1955, Robbie Benson, another entertainer, was born. May 16th, 1955, Deborah Winger, that name I know. She's an entertainer, was born. And June 10th, 1955, Andrew Stevens, another entertainer, was born. Uh, that's some fun, enjoyable little things, hopefully. Uh, holy cow. Just look at it. another old ad, and they have a Admiral 24-inch TV, only $229.95. It's <laughs> Uh, TV prices have changed quite a bit. At the old Hermes typewriters. <laughs> that was our computers back then. Um, that Champion Spark Pug commercial. Some beautiful old cars. And the... Uh, Little juicing machines, some old Westinghouse refrigerators, uh, some old cowboy western wear, <laughs> the Roy Rogers brand. But, yeah, that was a fun little book. That's the end of that book. So I'm going to find some more fun ones like that. But that yeah. will do it, I guess, for our show today. Uh, Hope you got something you could use. 
If not, hopefully you had some enjoyment of what I talked about. If not, well, <laughs> come back and try again tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Beat that monster down into the ground. Check out Crimson Call Comic Club. Check out Under the Call. I know it's been a while. Don't know if we'll get episodes back for that or not, but the old episodes, there's lots of fun ones. Including a really good colonoscopy one. <laughs> but yeah, check those out. Be good. Stay good. And we'll get back to you. Hopefully tomorrow.